part one chapter six of the maine woods by henry david thoreau this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part one katahdin section six at the portage around ambajigis falls i observed a pork barrel on the shore with a hole eight or nine inches square cut in one side which was set against an upright rock but the bears without turning or upsetting the barrel had gnawed a hole in the opposite side which looked exactly like an enormous rat-hole big enough to put their heads in and at the bottom of the barrel were still left a few mangled and slabbered slices of pork it is usual for the lumberers to leave such supplies as they cannot conveniently carry along with them at carries or camps to which the next comers do not scruple to help themselves they being the property commonly not of an individual but a company who can afford to deal liberally i will describe particularly how we got over some of these portages and rapids in order that the reader may get an idea of the boatman's life at ambajigis falls for instance there was the roughest path imaginable cut through the woods at first uphill at an angle of nearly forty-five degrees over rocks and logs without end this was the manner of the portage we first carried over our baggage and deposited it on the shore at the other end then returning to the bateau we dragged it up the hill by the painter and onward with frequent pauses over half the portage but this was a bungling way and would soon have worn out the boat commonly three men walk over with a bateau weighing from three to five or six hundred pounds on their heads and shoulders the tallest standing under the middle of the boat which is turned over and one at each end or else there are two at the bows more cannot well take hold at once but this requires some practice as well as strength and is in any case extremely laborious and wearing to the constitution to follow we were on the whole rather an invalid party and could render our boatmen but little assistance our two men at length took the bateau upon their shoulders and while two of us steadied it to prevent it from rocking and wearing into their shoulders on which they placed their hats folded walked bravely over the remaining distance with two or three pauses in the same manner they accomplished the other portages with this crushing weight they must climb and stumble along over fallen trees and slippery rocks of all sizes where those who walked by the sides were continually brushed off such was the narrowness of the path but we were fortunate not to have to cut our path in the first place before we launched our boat we scraped the bottom smooth again with our knives where it had rubbed on the rocks to save friction to avoid the difficulties of the portage our men determined to warp up the passamagamet falls so while the rest walked over the portage with the baggage i remained in the bateau to assist in warping up we were soon in the midst of the rapids which were more swift and tumultuous than any we had poled up and had turned to the side of the stream for the purpose of warping when the boatmen who felt some pride in their skill and were ambitious to do something more than usual for my benefit as i surmised took one more view of the rapids or rather the falls and in answer to our question whether we couldn't get up there the other answered that he guessed he'd try it so we pushed again into the midst of the stream and began to struggle with the current i sat in the middle of the boat to trim it moving slightly to the right or left as it grazed a rock with an uncertain and wavering motion we wound and bolted our way up 
until the bow was actually raised two feet above the stern at the steepest pitch and then when everything depended upon his exertions the bowman's pole snapped in two but before he had time to take the spare one which i reached him he had saved himself with the fragment upon a rock and so we got up by a hair's breadth and uncle george exclaimed that that was never done before and he had not tried it if he had not known whom he had got in the bow nor he in the bow if he had not known him in the stern at this place there was a regular portage cut through the woods and our boatman had never known a bateau to ascend the falls as near as i can remember there was a perpendicular fall here at the worst place of the whole penobscot river two or three feet at least i could not sufficiently admire the skill and coolness with which they performed this feat never speaking to each other the bowman not looking behind but knowing exactly what the other is about works as if he worked alone now sounding in vain for a bottom in fifteen feet of water while the boat falls back several rods held straight only with the greatest skill and exertion or while the sternman obstinately holds his ground like a turtle the bowman springs from side to side with wonderful suppleness and dexterity scanning the rapids and the rocks with a thousand eyes and now having got a bite at last with a lusty shove which makes his pole bend and quiver and the whole boat tremble he gains a few feet upon the river to add to the danger the poles are liable at any time to be caught between the rocks and wrenched out of their hands leaving them at the mercy of the rapids the rocks as it were lying in wait like so many alligators to catch them in their teeth and jerk them from your hands before you have stolen an effectual shove against their pallets the pole is set close to the boat and the prow is made to overshoot and just turn the corners of the rocks in the very teeth of the rapids nothing but the length and lightness and the slight draught of the bateau enables them to make any headway the bowman must quickly choose his course there is no time to deliberate frequently the boat is shoved between rocks where both sides touch and the waters on either hand are a perfect maelstrom half a mile above this two of us tried our hands at poling up a slight rapid and we were just surmounting the last difficulty when an unlucky rock confounded our calculations and while the bateau was sweeping round irrecoverably amid the whirlpool we were obliged to resign the poles to more skilful hands cateps conigan is one of the shallowest and weediest of the lakes and looked as if it might abound in pickerel the falls of the same name where we stopped to dine are considerable and quite picturesque here uncle george had seen trout caught by the barrelful but they would not rise to our bait at this hour halfway over this carry thus far in the main wilderness on its way to the provinces we noticed a large flaming oak hall handbill about two feet long wrapped round the trunk of a pine from which the bark had been stripped and to which it was fast glued by the pitch this should be recorded among the advantages of this mode of advertising that so possibly even the bears and wolves moose deer otter and beaver not to mention the indian may learn where they can fit themselves according to the latest fashion or at least recover some of their own lost garments we christened this the oak hall carry the forenoon was as serene and placid on this wild stream in the woods as we are apt to imagine that sunday in summer usually is in massachusetts we were occasionally startled by the scream of a bold eagle sailing over the stream in front of our bateau or of the fish-hawks on whom he levies his contributions 
there were at intervals small meadows of a few acres on the sides of the stream waving with uncut grass which attracted the attention of our boatmen who regretted that they were not nearer to their clearings and calculated how many stacks they might cut two or three men sometimes spend the summer by themselves cutting the grass in these meadows to sell to the loggers in the winter since it will fetch a higher price on the spot than in any market in the state on a small isle covered with this kind of rush or cut grass on which we landed to consult about our further course we noticed the recent track of a moose a large roundish hole in the soft wet ground evincing the great size and weight of the animal that made it they are fond of the water and visit all these island meadows swimming as easily from island to island as they make their way through the thickets on land now and then we pass what mccausland called a poke logan an indian term for what the drivers might have reason to call a poke logs in an inlet that leads nowhere if you get in you have to get out again the same way these and the frequent run-rounds which come into the river again would embarrass an inexperienced voyager not a little the carry around pockwockamus falls was exceedingly rough and rocky the bateau having to be lifted directly from the water of four or five feet on to a rock and launched again down a similar bank the rocks on this portage were covered with the dents made by the spikes in the lumberers boots while staggering over under the weight of their bateau and you could see where the surface of some large rocks on which they had rested their bateau was worn quite smooth with use as it was we had carried over but half the usual portage at this place for this stage of the water and launched our boat in the smooth wave just curving to the fall prepared to struggle with the most violent rapid we had to encounter the rest of the party walked over the remainder of the portage while i remained with the boatmen to assist in warping up one had to hold the boat while the others got in to prevent it from going over the falls when we had pushed up the rapids as far as possible keeping close to the shore tom seized the painter and leaped out upon a rock just visible in the water but he lost his footing notwithstanding his spiked boots and was instantly amid the rapids but recovering himself by good luck and reaching another rock he passed the painter to me who had followed him and took his place again in the bows leaping from rock to rock in the shoal water close to the shore and now and then getting a bite with the rope round an upright one i held the boat while one reset his pole and then all three forced it upward against any rapid this was warping up when a part of us walked round at such a place we generally took the precaution to take out the most valuable part of the baggage for fear of being swamped as we pulled up a swift rapid for half a mile above Abeljacarmagus falls some of the party read their own marks on the huge logs which lay piled up high and dry on the rocks on either hand the relics probably of a jam which had taken place here in the great freshet in the spring many of these would have to wait for another great freshet perchance if they lasted so long before they could be got off it was singular enough to meet with property of theirs which they had never seen and where they had never been before thus detained by freshets and rocks when on its way to them methinks that must be where all my property lies cast up on the rocks on some distant and unexplored stream and waiting for an unheard-of freshet to fetch it down oh make haste ye gods with your winds and rains and start the jam before it rots the last half-mile carried us to the sawadnehunk deadwater 
so called from the stream of the same name signifying running between mountains an important tributary which comes in a mile above here we decided to camp about twenty miles from the dam at the mouth of murch brook and the Abeljaknagasik mountain streams broad off from katahdin and about a dozen miles from its summit having made fifteen miles this day we had been told by mccausland that we should here find trout enough so while some prepared the camp the rest fell to fishing seizing the birch poles which some party of indian or white hunters had left on the shore and baiting our hooks with pork and with trout as soon as they were caught we cast our lines into the mouth of the applejack nagazit a clear swift shallow stream which came in from katahdin instantly a shoal of white chivin luciscus pulchellus silvery roaches cousin trout or what not large and small prowling thereabouts fell upon our bait and one after another were landed amidst the bushes anon their cousins the true trout took their turn and alternately the speckled trout and the silvery roaches swallowed the bait as fast as we could throw in and the finest specimens of both that i have ever seen the largest one weighing three pounds were heaved upon the shore though at first in vain to wriggle down into the water again for we stood in the boat but soon we learned to remedy this evil for one who had lost his hook stood on shore to catch them as they fell in a perfect shower around him sometimes wet and slippery full in his face and bosom as his arms were outstretched to receive them while yet alive before their tints had faded they glistened like the fairest flowers the product of primitive rivers and he could hardly trust his senses as he stood over them that these jewels should have swam away in that Abeljack nagasic water for so long so many dark ages these bright fluviatile flowers seen of indians only made beautiful the lord only knows why to swim there i could understand better for this the truth of mythology the fables of proteus and all those beautiful sea monsters how all history indeed put to a terrestrial use is mere history but put to a celestial is mythology always but there is a rough voice of uncle george who commands at the frying-pan to send over what you've got and then you may stay till morning the pork sizzles and cries for fish luckily for the foolish race and this particularly foolish generation of trout the night shut down at last not a little deepened by the dark side of katahdin which like a permanent shadow reared itself from the eastern bank lescarbot writing in sixteen o nine tells us that the sieur champ doré who with one of the people of the sieur de mont ascended some fifty leagues up the st john in sixteen o eight found the fish so plenty qu'admettons la chaudière sur le feu ils ont avion pris suffisamment pour eux dîner avant que l'eau fût chaude their descendants here are no less numerous so we accompanied tom into the woods to cut cedar twigs for our bed while he went ahead with the axe and lopped off the smallest twigs of the flat-leaved cedar the arbor vitae of the gardens we gathered them up and returned with them to the boat until it was loaded our bed was made with as much care and skill as a roof is shingled beginning at the foot and laying the twig end of the cedar upward we advanced to the head a course at a time thus successively covering the stub ends and producing a soft and level bed for us six it was about ten feet long by six in breadth this time we lay under our tent having pitched it more prudently with reference to the wind and the flame and the usual huge fire blazed in front 
supper was eaten off a large log which some freshet had thrown up this night we had a dish of arborvitae or cedar tea which the lumberer sometimes uses when other herbs fail a quart of arborvitae to make him strong and mighty but i had no wish to repeat the experiment it had too medicinal a taste for my palate there was the skeleton of a moose here whose bones some indian hunters had picked on this very spot end of part one section six recording by expatriate in bangor maine